Some interesting comments from Nashville Predators GM David Poyle about the Preds' future at the trade deadline and the future of John Hines. We'll get into both of those. Plus, if the Preds wind up selling, who are some teams that could be good potential trade partners? Plus, Tommy Novak has been a healthy scratch the past two games. A little surprising to you? We'll talk about it today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast that's available to you wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube as well. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. Also, we have another financial partner in crime today. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, and uh, first off, shout out to uh, the Robbie and Rex Road show on 1025 yes. The Game. Let's go. Uh, because they have been a big source of content for us here on Locked on Predators over the past few weeks. Uh, you may remember uh, about a month ago, they had that interview with David Poyle that yielded uh, some juicy comments on uh, Ellie Tolvanen's tenure with the Predators and his hot run in Seattle. And now they're back again with more from David Poyle, Anne. Yes, this was a really interesting interview. Robbie and Rex Road get right to it, and they have a great rapport with Poyle, where Poyle is very frank with them. So, again, shout out to Robbie and Rex Road, 102.5 The Game. But a lot of very frank comments, I think, from, from David Poyle. Uh, he was very clear to say, I do not think we are a buyer in reference to the trade deadline. If things don't change more favorably, we could certainly be a seller. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. The other comment that I think maybe we should just address first, because you know I'm here for this topic, is, and and I'm not going to have this quote right, so forgive me, but he was asked about head coach John Hines. And the gist of what uh, David Poyle said, and again, you can find this information on Robbie and Rex Rhodes' website to to hear it verbatim. So encourage you to do that. Um, But uh, David Poyle said, look, I think firing the head coach is the easy way out. You know, I, I think David Poyle realizes there's a problem. He said, look, that's the easy way out. You have a roster of players and you don't have even one of them having a career year right now. I don't think that firing John Hines is going to solve that problem. And that's the easy way out. Firing one coach is the easy way out when you have an entire team underperforming. I thought that was a very interesting comment for um, a fan base that I would say, Nick, and tell me if I'm wrong. Wouldn't you agree that this fan base is probably leaning heavily towards fire Hines? I think when you read that quote, 
I could hear the hearts of Smashville drop. <laughs> yes. I feel like I could just feel like the mood shift and the uh, I could hear whoever runs the uh, tar pitchfork and the torch store uh, out there in Madison. I heard the little uh, Homer Simpson, we're in the money routine going through his head yes. right now. Yes. That dude's about to make bank. What do you but, think about that comment? What do you think when he says firing John Hines is the easy way out? What is your response to that? Well, he's right. You know, he he's not wrong in saying that, you know, John Hines is like the end all be all for fixing this team. I mean, didn't we just have this same sort of discourse with Peter Laviolette and where David Boyle put a lot of blame on that? On the player's shoulders. Remember his quote. He's like, I I fired the coach because I can't fire 23 players or yes. you know, whatever, whatever that line was. Yes. You know, my thing with John Hines and is I don't think he's the long-term solution, but I also mm -hmm. don't think he's the major problem either in Nashville. Okay. Look, I mean, there, there's definitely some things that he's done that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, you know, I think. You know, when you look back at the Ellie Tolvanen situation, like say what you will about it, but I also think maybe it represented an opportunity for him to maybe do something a little bit different, try something different rather than, you know, this is my system and here's how guys are going to fit. You know, I, I, I think he's maybe one of that coach where he's not, um, you know, where he, you know, kind of goes by line identity and not mm -hmm. necessarily what do I have on the roster and how can right. I work with all these individual players to roll out like the four best lines and the best overall strategy. Um, rigid, I would, I would say is maybe, you know, my perception of John Hines, but at the same time, I mean, look, is John Hines responsible for Philip Forsberg, you know, kind of being streaky uh, is John Hines responsible for Matt Duchesne, having his, you know, a career worst year followed by a career best year followed by kind of a mid year again. Um, is he responsible for the lack of effort that has been a problem before he took over as head coach? You know, there's just a lot of fundamental things that are wrong with this Nashville Predators team. And I don't think you can put it all on Hines. I would agree with that as convenient as it is. And I, and I agree with David Poyle in saying that that is the easy way out. You, this team needs or, or is looking like it's going to need. We'll see what the next couple games are because it's crapshoot, friends. You just never know what you're going to get. But the easy way to shake up a team is to fire the head coach. But I, echoing what you said, went through this with Peter Laviolette. And maybe the thing that needs shaken up is not so much the head coach as it is some sort of culture. Or when you have this same problem with two very different head coaches and you have kind of this same core, at some point in time, yes, it's very convenient to, to blame John Hines. And, and I see what you're saying about he may not be the solution. Bless Sorry. you. Thank you. Um, and, I, and I see that. But I also think, be very careful. Bless Sorry, you again. 
you know, be very careful in thinking that you're going to bring in, I don't know, Barry Trotz or whomever, you know, Bruce and have Boudreau. them Bruce Boudreaux and have him suddenly, you know, make this team something amazing. I don't know that firing John Hines would be enough to shake up what is broken on this score. Yeah. I mean, you and I kind of talked about it and we will get into it in the next segment when we have our, our trade thing. Um, you know, you and I were talking off camera yesterday and you guys listening at home know us. We're the Hoctimists. Uh, when everybody was, when everybody was saying, you know, we need to tear it down when everybody was mad about the, you know, the Preds squeaking into the playoffs a few years, you know, we were the ones that's like, come on, you know, we're the ones that's like, well, you know, you had these guys with career seasons. Let's see where it goes. Ann and I were talking yesterday and we both kind of said the same thing. And we're kind of like kind of done with this. Might be time. Open for open for uh, shaking things up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is a, that's a hard, that's a, I have grace and abundance friends, grace and abundance. But yeah, we talked last night and I said, you know what? I, I'm feeling like it might be time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's a good transition to the next uh, piece of that David Poyle interview in which he was asked, you're going to be buyers or sellers. And he said, probably definitely not buyers. Maybe sellers, if the uh, next couple of games don't turn around, we will see if that's a realistic option for the Nashville Predators and some potential trade partners they could engage in at the trade deadline. First, though, want to take a second and mention today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, now the official uh, sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's the midway point of both the NBA and NHL seasons, and so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, which is America's number one sportsbook, and that's because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, and easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to goal scores to three-point strain to the NBA, uh, saves in a game, anything like that. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel official sports betting partner of the NBA. And we were talking about this before the break. Uh, you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, David Poyle was asked on uh, being Rex road on one Oh two five, the game yesterday about the Preds uh, kind of future trade plans basically came out and said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, we're probably not buyers and we definitely could be sellers. Mm -hmm. uh, if team doesn't turn things around in the next couple of games. So, interesting. Anne, uh, first thoughts on those comments. Yeah, I think they're very interesting comments by David Poyle. There's a part of me that feels like he is kind of drawing the line in the sand for this team. Like, this is it. You know, and if you look back, David Poyle has given this core 
so many chances to kind of get it together and and to find a groove. I'm not saying necessarily he's holding them accountable to making it back to the Stanley Cup final, but I feel like he has given this core plenty of opportunity to show that they can reduce this. Frustratingly amount of opportunities, a frustrating amount of opportunities. Yes, like Hoctimus squared level of of opportunity by just bringing in a few pieces and adding a few pieces and believing this core can do it it sounds to me very much like david Poyle's putting a line in the sand like you know what let's see these next couple of games and for me it felt a little bit different it felt a little bit like put up or shut up from from david Poyle. so I think it is a, a decent indicator of where he's at, which I think we've waited for this season. Where are you at, David Poyle? This seems like an indicator of this is where I'm at. Like put up or shut up because I'm getting ready to call it. Do we think this is really uh, David Poyle's plans or is this like a backwards motivational pep talk to the <laughs> locker room? Basically saying like, yeah, we're, we're going to sell. You know, you guys can't do it. You know what? I don't think it really matters whether we buy into that. I think it matters whether he can get the players to to think it's the 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 truth. You know, do the players think he's going to blow it up or do they feel pretty comfortable saying, "Yeah, I know he's frustrated, but I mean, come on." I don't know. Well, I mean, what is going on, Nick? What is well, the, going on? Well, the other thing is, I, I don't think David Poyle has a choice but to blow something up. We talked about the yeah. salary cap situation, not just for next year, but for the next couple of years. I mean, the Preds are basically handlocked with this team yeah. right now. And so he's got to make a big move if he wants to improve the roster in any sort of way. And here's the thing, and mm-hmm. I I think David Poyle is frustrated too. I mean, we have heard yes. kind of whispers uh, from people that cover the team that there's just, you know, a, a different vibe with the staff kind of behind the scenes this year. Uh, it, you know, David Poyle spent a lot of money on getting guys this year because I think he really thought that this was, you know, the core. Like, they had turned a corner. They got some people to address some of the holes from last year's team. And they wound up being worse as a team this year. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. no way to sugarcoat it. So I, I do think there's definitely some frustration there. Uh, I, to an extent, you know, if the Preds, you know, unless they go on a, a great run over like the next two weeks, which, hey, it's the Nashville Predators, Don't they very well might. Yeah. If this is a good team when it comes to consistency. Uh, you know, I think if the Preds just kind of play at the level they're at, I, I do think he probably explores trading some people. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I don't know if it's going to be like a gangbusters kind of thing where, boom, so you just traded Ryan Johansson. Boom, you just traded Matias Ekholm. You know, right. I, I don't think it's going to be that situation. Uh, but I think you will see um, – you know, some trades for players that interest some teams. Yes, I agree. I think David Poyle's phone is going to ring and he's not, I mean, he's going to pick it up on that first ring. If the Predators don't do something very dramatic on the ice in the next three, four games, 
David Poyle is going to be taking some calls and, and I think he's going to be seriously considering some moves. And like you said, it's, this is not an easy roster to blow up and recreate and start a rebuild from, but I suspect he'll start the process at the trade deadline if things don't turn around. So went on Twitter and asked our listeners, if the Preds are sellers at the trade deadline, who do you see leaving? So just want to kind of give you the breakdown of where the replies were. And then you and I are going to go down through some of these players and we're going to talk about potential and we're going to talk about potential trade partners. But just so we know kind of where the fan base is, um, Dante Fabro, most popular piece that fans see leaving. Um, I would say the most realistic one most, as well. Yeah. Uh, Mikhail Granlund was next in line. That's something I think we should talk about. Uh, Matthias Ekholm. Yeah. You know we're going to talk about that one. And Nino Niederreiter. Uh, that was, one, uh, I don't know about that one. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting that Nino was mentioned multiple times. Uh, a couple people were mentioned just once. Uh, Lankin and Trennan, Joey, mm. Carrier, and Eskarov, which uh, that no. opens a whole thing. No. Uh, but the yeah. thing you, interesting name you mentioned in there, and Kevin Lankin. Now, Kevin. that's an interesting one because, look, he's a free agent at the mm -hmm. end of this year. I think the Preds would like to re-sign him. I just don't know if they can. And yeah. plus, you know, it, the year he's having, he may he may want to go to a team that's going to give him term uh, or some money or at least, you know, maybe like a three-year deal to kind of prove he can be at the very least a 1A type starter. And right. I don't think the Predators with, you know, UC Saros playing the way he is and a scar off down in Milwaukee, you know, probably coming up another year or two. I don't think the Predators are going to be able to give him what he wants. So it's not a bad idea to see if there's like a contender who maybe is in desperate need of goaltending yes. to yes. see if maybe there's a deal to be worked out there. You know, we, we've heard the L. LA Kings have been attached to, you know, Arizona because of both Chikrin and mm -hmm. uh, Carl Vemelka. But if that doesn't work out, you know, do they pick up the phone and see if Lincoln's available? Uh, you know, same thing uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, who mm -hmm. other than Stuart Skinner don't really have, you know, that solid uh, level, you know, in Las Vegas, Logan Thompson's gotten a little bit cool here lately. And, you know, they don't really have a viable backup. There are some teams out there that are going to be interested in a guy uh, who leads the league in goals saved above uh, expected per game and is also one of the top leaders in save percentage this year. That guy's going to interest some teams. Yeah, he is. And here's the thing. If Nashville is trending downward at, and you're looking at the next season or two of really just trying to reconfigure a team, this would be the time to get something for Kevin Lincoln. And because if you're a playoff team, I agree with you. If you are a team looking to get into the playoffs or, you know, fighting for that in, in a situation far more positive looking than the Predators, Kevin Lankinen is a backup goaltender you want. He is a goaltender yeah. you want. And, and from Lankinen's point of view, 
can't blame him for wanting to go. You know, he maybe didn't get many looks coming off of his statistics in Chicago. I think he has done enough in Nashville. Other teams have seen enough to know what he is capable of. I I agree with you. Kevin Lankinen is a very interesting name. Not yeah. happy about it, but I think it's a very interesting name. There are, of course, other interesting names that we do need to get to, and we're going to break those down and talk about what teams might be interested in some of these Predators players if uh, David Poyle decides to pull the trigger and sell. Going to do that in just a minute, but want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by our great friends at Built Bar. Nick and I have told you this a million times, and we mean it every time. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want a bunch of fat or calories, you got to go get yourself a Built Bar. You know, we just got through the holidays, and I know that my goal was to eat a little bit healthier, just make a few more better choices. But I also want something that tastes good and it's going to satisfy me. And I'm telling you, you got to try a Built Bar. With Built Bar, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they are so delicious. You are not even going to sit there and think, oh my gosh, I'm eating a protein bar. They are perfect for any health-related New Year's resolution. So what makes these Built Bars so good? First of all, look, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. It's real chocolate. And they come in all kinds of great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut almond. And I don't know how they do it, but I know they're very successful at it because Built Bars taste like a candy bar, but they have amazing macros. They are healthy for you. When you eat a Built Bar, you're only consuming about 130 calories, only four grams of sugar you're getting a whopping 17 grams of protein. And great news, now you don't have to wait around to get a box in the mail for years. We've been talking about going to built.com. Now you have some other options. You can go to Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right, head to your nearest Walmart today, head to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a four count box of, I don't know, maybe cookies and cream, one of our favorites, or double chocolate. If you're in Sam's Club and you like things that are bigger and better, grab your 13-count box with hit flavors like brownie batter or churro or coconut puffs. You can thank me later. And of course, you can always find Built Bars at Built.com. Wherever you get your Built Bars, whether you get them at Built.com, Sam's Club, or Walmart, you are getting a healthy snack that tastes great. So check them out, Built.com. All right, Ann. A couple other names mentioned on the list. Uh, we'll mm -hmm. we'll get into like the potential returns for some of these players uh, in another episode. But uh, you know, you mentioned Mikhail Granlund as a name mm. that stuck out to you on this list. Everybody else, it seems like we've kind of touched on, right? Uh, but Granlund's one that you kind of wanted to circle back on. I did want to circle back on this one, and I think this is. Uh, I think Granny is a very interesting one for a couple of reasons. First of all, he's not having a great season here in Nashville. I think that we can agree that this is not the Mikhail Granlund that we saw last season that helped Duchesne and Forsberg have their career years as well. Granny is struggling a little bit here, but I think other teams have seen enough from him that he still has a tremendous amount of value. This is somebody who's making $5 million a year. Um, he's a UFA in 2025-26. I would not be terribly surprised if there is some interest in Mikhail Granlund. 
And I would also not be terribly surprised this season with the way things are trending, not only this season, but down the road for the Predators to see Mikhail Granlin be a piece that maybe gets moved. I don't know. What do you think? I think he's definitely a, uh, I, I guess the way I would describe it is maybe the most movable of the unmovable contracts. Uh, I think what yeah. two years left uh, at at four or five million per year, which isn't bad. No. Uh, like there's definitely a a team out there that needs somebody like Grandland, maybe in their middle six, uh, that would definitely be willing to take on that contract. Uh, so I think that definitely makes him a target, and that's five million off the books for the Nashville Predators. So at least you have some flexibility. Uh, you know, to maybe do some more finagling or retain salary for a bigger contract, you know, whichever you want to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, I go through these lists of names and I think there's definitely trade partners out there that Nashville can make something like this work. You know, when you talk about Mikhail Granlund, mm-hmm. there's a team like the Carolina Hurricanes who are kind of desperate for another high scoring winger. Uh, apparently they, they kicked the tires on uh, Vladimir Tarasenko earlier. They're reportedly interested in Kane, uh, the Dallas stars, that would be painful, but they have oh, uh, a lot of top end scores and are apparently looking for, uh, you know, somebody to kind of fill out, uh, some depth scoring, somebody to play with, you know, Jason Robertson right now. So there are some teams out there and another intriguing one is the Toronto Maple Leafs just based on the fact that they are kind of desperate for defense right now. Mm-hmm. And Dante Fabro, if Ben Sherratt got a first round pick last year, and if uh, Gavrikov in uh, Columbus, you know, yeah. Columbus is apparently willing to hold out for, you know, multiple top four round picks yeah. for him. Uh, you can get a first for the Dante Fabro. Yeah, like you can easily get a first for Dante Fabro, somebody that's not gonna have to be like an absolute minute muncher for them. Somebody who's just gonna be like a depth guy. Uh, you know, maybe somebody like Edmonton too. That's more interesting because you know they're trying to move some young players, namely Yessi Puyarvi. Yes, is that a one for one swap that David Poyle tries to finagle? That would I don't be know. a I mean, very interesting move. Uh, that that would be I would be open to having some discussion on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's worth kicking the tires on, but that's I think that's the point, Anna. I think there is a lot of teams out there that if the Predators wanted to be sellers, you could go in there and conceivably make something work with a number of different teams uh, across the league at the deadline. You know, obviously much more in the off season when everybody's kind of off the books and willing to take a step back and, you know, not wanting to miss the chemistry of the team. But I think when it comes to the deadline, the Preds yeah. have some very good partners. I would agree with you. And I think we're going to see, and again, if the Predators don't turn this around in dramatic fashion, I think you're going to see a couple of pieces move at the trade deadline. I agree with you, though. I think if... David Poyle is really going to deconstruct this team to the best of his ability with the contracts they have on the books. Most of that is going to happen in the offseason. But I think the Predators are going to be active at the trade deadline if the team does not turn things around. And they're running out of time. Yeah. Uh, One other interesting topic. Yes. Uh, Tommy Novak. 
uh, has been a healthy scratch for the last two games. Uh, he was scratched uh, in favor of Mark Jankowski back against Philadelphia. Also scratched uh, in the Arizona win mm-hmm. on Monday. Uh, a little surprised at this, Anne, because I went back, you know, I was just kind of thinking, like, oh, maybe he's just cold, you know, haven't heard a lot from him. Um, he's not really. I mean, three assists in the past five games he's played, which, you know, isn't bad for a depth score. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's I, I don't really know what to make of that. I don't either. And, and this one, this one puzzles me at first. I was like, well, it's just a chance to real, you know, kind of rotate Mark Jankowski back in because he had been out since, you know, mid early to mid January. He Jankowski had had kind of a real rough game. And so Novak had been in. Yeah, I know. I was just trying to kind of gloss over that because, you know, but I don't know why we haven't seen Novak back because here's what I will say about Tommy Novak. I think Tommy Novak came in and he was very much an unsung hero of some games. He is not going to be your flashiest player, but I think he is somebody who is such a good playmaker for people he is on the ice with. Of course, he was a goal scorer as well. Um, And I think, you know, he could be a piece on the second power play unit. I don't feel like there were any glaring holes in his two-way game necessarily, any more so than we've seen, quite frankly, up and down the entire lineup. I don't know what's going on with Tommy Novak. I, I am mystified by this one. I feel like he is an unsung bright spot for the Predators since he got in the lineup. And I'm not, I am very hopeful we will see him back in the lineup against Boston. I'll be a little bit concerned if we don't. Yeah, I I went back uh, just through some of his game logs, and there's a lot of, you know, nine minutes, nine minutes, ten minutes, uh, you know, a lot of power play time, which makes me think maybe Hines is seeing something in his two-way game that he doesn't necessarily like. Um, Or, you know, it could just be that, you know, he doesn't think he can play a full fourth-line role, but... I don't know. Yeah, I, I like the way that Tommy Novak played. I think he gave a, a lot of energy, especially in the offensive zone, which, as we've seen the past three games, uh, is on. something the Predators have kind of been lacking on. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, you know, curious if anybody asks John Hines about it, if he's not in the lineup uh, against Boston. Uh, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see, Ann. Yeah, this is this is one that I I would love, you know, just a little bit more uh, information on because I'm not sure why we're not seeing Tommy Novak in the lineup. Uh, Well, tomorrow Predators play the Boston Bruins that can go one of two ways. Honest to (laughs) Pete. History with this team. It could be anything. You could literally get anything out of this game, friends. So just buckle up and have a snack because I don't know. Yeah, buckle up for either the most embarrassing loss of the year or a 5-1 Predators victory with probably nothing in between. Uh, So we'll preview that game tomorrow, uh, plus some other topics to cover on the Lockdown Predators podcast. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. 
You can find me at onthefourcheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. And while you're there, be sure to follow the podcast as well, LO underscore Predators. Uh, however you're listening to us, whether you are streaming us on your favorite podcasting platform or watching us on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Not only does it help us out, but it also lets you know when we have fresh content available for you to enjoy. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked On Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Back tomorrow with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.